From the Rose Garden is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Uh, the Blazers are on the road right now, so if you're following the team around, uh, you might be able to pick up tickets in Milwaukee or in Cleveland. Uh, very, very cheap. So go and check out the Game Time app. It's very easy to navigate. Two taps checks out, and then you're on your way. Simple, quick, easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. I mean, Ray's not even in the league now, but up until last year, every year, he got booed because of that team that pushed out Nate McMillan. So I, I felt like there's it was a really moving decade because people were so attached to B-Roy. People right. were so hopeful that LaMarcus was going to stay. Um, Nate McMillan was very beloved. And that, that was like the low point of that team with you know, Marcus Camby, Gerald Wallace, uh, Ray Felton, Jamal Crawford. It left such a bad taste in Portland's mouth. But the thing, the great thing about that was, is it spawned Damian Lillard because right. they broke up that team and made a trade with Brooklyn or New Jersey at the time, and they got New Jersey's first round pick, which ended up being Damian Lillard. So, so this is like the the Renaissance decade for them. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm Damian Lillard, and you're listening to From the Rose Garden on the Athletic Podcast Network. Rip City. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard. Hello and welcome to From the Rose Garden. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined as always by my co-host, Jason Quick. How are you, Jason? I'm doing all right, David. I'm I'm having Jason Quick withdrawal because I haven't seen you <laughs> in a in a few days. How's the trip going? It is uh, starting to take a toll, but uh, Carmelo Anthony has a way of uh, kind of injecting some life into it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we are doing the All Decade Week, just like everyone else at the Athletic. We are saying goodbye to the 2010s and I guess getting ready to welcome the 2020s. So as such, we are here to talk about the Blazers all-decade team. Uh, Jason, I was able to guess your all-decade team (laughs) without knowing who you had chosen. Pretty cut and dry with the Blazers. Yeah, and really there was only one position that I kind of quibbled over and that was a shooting guard. Uh, I ended up choosing CJ McCollum, but Wesley Matthews, I gave serious consideration to just because Wes was so important to those uh, teams. He was, not only was he a great three point shooter and a great defender, but he was, I always used to say he was kind of the heartbeat of the locker room and he really had a pulse of the team and was kind of the guy who would get surly and pissed off at teammates when they 
needed a kick in the butt. And he was always, you know, playing through injuries. He just set a really great tone and on top of being a great two-way player. So I really considered him. And, and also, I think one of the big moments in, the, in this decade was when Wes blew his Achilles out in March. Yeah. And that team was third in the West and really trending upward. And right after he blew his Achilles, the team just plummeted. They, they couldn't stop anyone. Aaron Aflalo was not the answer. And uh, they ended up slipping to five, heading into the playoffs, and then they lost to, to Memphis in five games. But I think if Wes, and, and Damian Lillard still to this day says, if Wes Matthews didn't blow his Achilles, he really thought they could have got to the finals because uh, that team was really humming uh, until March 5th when he when he did that. But to get back to the all-decade team, you know, pretty cut and dry. Damian Lillard obviously is the point guard. C.J. McCollum, the shooting guard. Nicholas Batum at small forward. LaMarcus Aldridge at power forward. And Yusuf Nurkic at center. You know, Yusuf was a pretty easy choice as well. The, the only other guy I kind of considered there was Robin Lopez uh, mm-hmm. because Robin was a, a part of 250 win teams and was just kind of a rock for the Blazers in, in that those middle years of the decade. But really, there was no other tough choices. Uh, you know, LaMarcus obviously is one of the greatest power forwards in the franchise's history, not just the decade. Um, Al Farouk Amino is the only other guy in the, in the decade who played power forward than LaMarcus. And small forward, I gave some consideration to Maurice Harkless, but you just can't consider him over Batum. I mean, Batum had four triple doubles, was part of that. 54 win team and again a two-way player who was uh just really i don't know he i think all blazer fans kind of have a special place in their heart for nick because he was so uh we when he came here he's such a baby-faced kid didn't know english very well and we it was like we saw him grow up before our eyes and then he became this confident really in tune with Portland just a people really loved him and and he was exciting on the court so Nick was a pretty easy choice uh, and it, I think a lot of Blazer fans feel like they got Nick Batum's best years in the NBA uh, here in Portland so I think a lot of Hornets fans think the same thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, pretty pretty cut and dried for that starting five of the yeah fans. It's literally, it's probably the most uncontroversial of any team in the league, which says a lot about the the kind of consistency that they've had in Portland. Yeah, the stability. Right. Um, which is really weird because the decade started out with extreme volatility, with the player strike, and that strike-shortened season ended up, it, it was a real dark time for the Blazers because uh, they threw a team together. There was the Andre Miller for Ray Felton trade. Felton came back from the strike. He didn't think the strike was going to end. So he was out of shape and that just threw everything into a tailspin. The the offense uh, was not very good. Felton was dribbling the ball at his foot. They couldn't run a high paced offense that uh, McMillan wanted and by the middle of the season, these veterans, Marcus Camby, Gerald Wallace, 
Felton, Jamal Crawford, uh, LaMarcus, they, they turned on Nate and, uh, it, it was basically a mutiny and they pushed Nate out. And for me, that, that was a really, it was, it was in, in my 21 years of covering the Blazers. That's my least favorite season. I hated that season because I could just see it happening and I could see the players kind of whispering and turning in the locker room. And I was very close to Nate. I, I still am very close to Nate and I have a ton of respect for him and how hard he works to put together game plans and, and all that. And I could see that team turning on him and eventually pushing him out. And uh, I hated it, but the best thing that happened was they traded uh, a bunch of those guys. And one of those trades obviously was Gerald Wallace to New Jersey for their first round pick. And that first round pick ended up being Damian Lillard, who right now is on pace to become the greatest blazer ever. So it's really interesting how some things come full circle where the worst moment of that decade ends up producing the greatest transaction arguably in the history of the blazers i mean i would put getting trading gerald wallace for that first round pick right up there with uh the blazers trading for buck williams wow in the late 80s because you know i think it was sam Bowie for buck williams and buck williams came here and they instantly went from a good team to a great team that went to the nba finals you know it, it's that magnitude what we all see it with dame just how powerful and good he is and it's just it's interesting that it spawned out of such an ugly and dark season do you, do you think that gerald wallace, wallace trade was the biggest like roster move or trade of the decade well there were several really definitive roster moves i mean we lost the blazers lost some real legends you know, Brandon Roy had to retire because of his knees. Greg Oden had to retire because of his knees. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, after kind of leading us on and saying he wanted to be the greatest Blazer of all time, ended up choosing San Antonio in, in free agency, wanted to be closer to his family, uh, wanted to change. Those were all really gut-wrenching times for Blazer fans. Uh, you know, B-Roy, obviously one of the most beloved players in franchise history because he he led this team out of the Jailblazer era. There was such a black cloud around the entire franchise. And then they drafted Brandon Roy, and he he just was a, a bright light, a beacon of light. And I still think one of the most memorable times uh, – with B. Roy, it, it happened in this decade was his fourth quarter against Dallas. The the Blazers in Game Four of the first round playoff series fell behind by, I believe, it was twenty three points, and in the third quarter, and Brandon Roy, who was he knew in his head that my time is running out, my knees don't feel good. Nate McMillan, if you remember, in Game Two essentially benched him. I think he only played something like seven minutes and Brandon Roy told me that he was on the on the bench trying to hold back tears because, you know, this this was an all-star. This was an all NBA player and he was being reduced to sitting on the bench in a playoff game. At any rate, here they are at game four 
at the Rose Garden, and they're down by 23. And Brandon Roy comes in in the fourth quarter and scores 18 points and leads the Blazers to victory. I think at the time it was the greatest fourth quarter comeback in NBA playoff history. But that is one of the few times at a professional sporting event that I got goosebumps because the the momentum and the the plays that that B Roy was making were incredible. I remember even getting a little teared up at the end because I, I had spent a lot of time with Brandon that week and he knew he knew that this was his swan song and that this was coming to an end and to have that great performance on that stage uh, was really, really powerful to see. I get a little emotional even right now thinking about it just because it was so hard for him to come to grips with reality that his body was betraying him. It, It was so cruel to him because he had so much left. He was still so young, but that was the third to last game that he played as a blazer. And, uh, Boy, what a way to go out. It was just people in Portland still talk about that game and that moment. Really, really special. So, you know, it's still, though, I I hold it in very high regard, but I still think Dame's shots eclipse that because both of his shots that he made, the 2014 one against Houston off the inbounds pass and the, the series clincher against Oklahoma City last year, both of those won series. They weren't just winning a playoff game. They clinched series, and uh, they were very dramatic. And, and Brandon's was more of a, a slow rumble kind of gathering as the fourth quarter went on. And dames were just, boom, impact, bedlam, people dancing in the aisles. You know, Dame, after the hitting the Houston shot, walking around the, the court, high-fiving fans. and just the constant roar. And then he went and grabbed the PA mic and went rip city. And it was just absolutely nuts. And that was the first time Portland had, had won a playoff series in 14 years. That's a long time. And to do it, just such a dagger shot 0.9 left on the clock an inbounds pass. He catches turns shoots over Chandler Parsons defense, which was the, he had his hand in his face. And it just hits net. That was really, really incredible. And I didn't think that could ever be topped until last year where he hit the 37-footer at the buzzer to beat Oklahoma City to cap a 50-point night in the playoffs. And I I think, you know, we talked on the, the podcast earlier with Dame this year. And if he had to rank one of those shots, he said the Oklahoma City one is above the Houston one just because of what the franchise had gone through the previous year, the the getting swept by New Orleans and how much people were doubting and hating and uh, wanted that team broken up and just the adversity that they, they stuck with everyone. They kept coach stocks, they kept the roster pretty much intact. And then they proved everyone wrong. They proved all the doubters wrong. And, to be able to do it with that shot really meant a lot to Dame. And, and remember, Dame took a lot of heat for his performance against Drew Holiday and uh, New Orleans in that playoff sweep. I mean, he, right. Drew Holiday outplayed him, and that, that really burned him. So 
I think that's why he said that shot meant more than the Houston shot. But I think you can make an argument. I mean, that Houston shot, if he doesn't make that, Houston wins the game. And then they then they go to game seven in Houston. The Oklahoma City shot didn't have as much writing on it because the score was tied at the time. So, I mean, yeah, he, he hit it and they won. But if, if he lost, it wouldn't have been any, you know, they would have just gone to overtime. So, But uh, I also thought that uh, it was really cool that when Dame and I were discussing what the greatest moment was and I, I was presenting those two shots and he didn't think it was either of those that the best shot or the best moment of the decade was a team accomplishment winning in Denver game seven. And that is so Damian Lillard that he makes it about the team and not himself. So I I thought that was very symbolic of Dame's leadership in this decade that, you know, here he is in his eighth season and it's not about him. He continues to make it about the team. And that's why uh, this team has been so successful during his tenure. You know, something I get extremely emotional about is food. In particular, having my favorite restaurants delivered to my house just brings a tear to my eye. And that's why I love DoorDash. DoorDash connects me to all my favorite restaurants here in San Antonio. Ordering is very easy. I just open the app, choose what I want to eat, and then wait. And the food shows up. It's fantastic. Door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada. Order from all your favorites, like Chipotle. If you like that, Uh, don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Blazers. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code Blazers. Don't forget, promo code Blazers for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. What what was your personal favorite moment? Because, you know, as I said before we started this show, like I'm going to take advantage of this to get the Jason Quick story. <laughs> right. I, I'm I'm interviewing Jason Quick about, you know, his blazer memories from the last decade. So what was your personal favorite moment of the last decade? You know, um, yeah, it, it's probably the B-Roy fourth quarter in the yeah. 2011 playoffs. But also. Uh, Andre Miller was one of my all-time favorite Blazers. Uh, he only played here two years, but I really grew to love that guy. And watching him score 52 points at Dallas while making only one three-pointer, was it was just a clinic of, of moves. And if you guys remember Andre uh, Miller, just like the, the stop and go moves he had, the pump fakes, and he had it all on display. Spin moves in the post, that was awesome to watch up close. And then also, uh, Dane gets a lot of credit for uh, winning that 2014 series against Houston, but people forget that the first two games of that series, you know, Portland wasn't was an underdog; they were a five seed, and Houston was a four seed. Portland went into Houston in games one and two and won because LaMarcus Aldridge was the best player in the NBA playoffs for those first two games. He had 46 points in That's game right. one yeah. and then 43 in game two. And they were all huge, huge baskets, just clutch plays after clutch plays. And that was uh, 
definitely the apex of uh, Lamarcus's time in Portland. He really came through, and that was kind of the the knock on him going into that series is that he hadn't performed big on the big stage. And boy, he came through really big time. And I remember that was also a very moving performance because of how embattled Lamarcus was within Portland. I don't know if people really understand the ups and downs of Lamarcus's career in in Portland, how he was viewed. Uh, Everyone always respected and, and liked him, but he got a lot of criticism. You know, people called him, thought he was soft and there was a nickname that, that he hated that people called him LaMarsha. And he was battling that kind of perception when he went into those playoffs. And boy, was he tough. And boy, was he good. The, it was really moving to see him do that on a back-to-back playoff games on the road. And so that was really memorable as well. And then, of, of course, <laughs> I think another thing that's great about this decade and which really kind of is reflective of how Portland fans, how much they care about this team is how Raymond Felton kind of <laughs> came into blazer lore right? Uh, beyond his, his one year here. He was so bad and he was so surly and he was so, you know, nothing was his fault. And Portland fans got that. And so when he left and then played for other teams and came back to the Rose Garden, he was booed unmercifully every game. Every time he touched the ball, he was booed. And I remember, you know, other players asking, why is he getting booed like that? Or other reporters, what, what's up? What's with the boos? And Portland fans don't forget. If you come to Portland and you half-ass it or you're a jerk, they remember. They, they do not forget that kind of stuff. Raymond Felton paid a price for the way he conducted himself that one year in Portland. Who was your favorite interview of the decade or, or even favorite quote? Um, well, Damian Lillard is, is my favorite interview. And, and Brandon Roy was also very much up there. Just a, I had a connection with with Brandon, and I love the way we had conversations. Dame, I'm not as close to, but we have a great professional report. But I I would have to say Andre Miller. I just loved his mind. I mean, he was a little bit weird, a little bit socially, not socially awkward, but he, he didn't necessarily enjoy being interviewed. But if you got him at the right time and he just loved talking basketball and he, he always broke it down in the simplest terms. It, it reminds me of like seeing some of these Kawhi Leonard uh, responses to questions, you know, like he, he's just so literal and, and so basic that it, it's humorous. And that's kind of the same way Andre Miller was. But I, I remember him telling me in particular, I think it was during the Dallas playoff series. And uh, I was asking him about his post game, how, how he, uh, developed his his game in the post and i remember him going into great detail about how he was a chubby kid and how that's how he learned to play because he was bigger than the other guys uh, other kids and so he played with his back to the basket and the older guys would always say hey you know take that little guy down there take that little guy down there and i don't know that was just a, a, 
that sticks with me the way Andre Miller was. He was a really interesting, interesting guy and just a fun cover. Ever wonder how to get the hottest new shoes? The ones that barely hit the shelves? The ones you always miss the app alert for? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Millions are already using StockX to find everything after it sells out, from the latest Yeezys to every retro Jordan to the hottest new streetwear from brands like Supreme, Bape, Palace, and Kith. Want in on all the hype? Check out StockX.com slash bball for a surprise offer that won't be around long. That's StockX.com slash bball. Check it out today. How would you compare this past decade to previous decades? Was it was it more successful? Was it more up and down? What, how do you feel about it? Oh, I think it was uh, it was more consistent. You know, there was for so much of the Blazers, uh, the first decade I covered, there was a lot of instability. The front office changed over a couple times. A couple head coaches. You know, since Neil Olshay and, and Terry Stotts got here in 2012, it's been stability. I mean, everyone, the president, the GM, the coach, and star player have all been constant since 2012. And that has really kind of created a, it's just, it's harmonious. And that is, I think that's the number one way you win in this league is by being consistent and being drama free. And there's been very little drama on the Blazers since 2012. But, you know, that the previous decade was went from being minutes away from going to the NBA finals to a total breakdown of the of the roster and, and becoming one of the worst teams in the league. And then they get B-Roy, Aldridge and Odin and there's a resurgence. But then the injuries happen and that brought us into the 2010s. So the, the previous de- decade was so roller coaster. I mean, starting at the top going all the way to the bottom 21 win season and then uh climbing back up with with Roy and Aldridge and Odin only to see it crumble because of injuries so this this was a a decade kind of defined by stable success all right i'm going to steal i'm going to steal something from you as we close okay are you ready yeah okay what was the last blazer moment that made you cry was it the Brandon Roy story that you told? Oh. I know. I did we didn't go over this in the pre-show. No. I'd have to that probably probably is it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dame has uh stirred some emotions in me as well, just because he is such a powerful presence when you're around him every day. You see the power in in his belief and the way he treats people, the way he conducts himself. It's really hard to capture with words. It's something you have to see and something you have to feel. Knowing that and knowing him, and when you see him succeed, it's it's moving. So he has been a very moving player for me to cover. It's really uh, inspiring to cover. I. I still say this, if Damian Lillard wasn't on this team, 
I probably would be out of the business because I, I probably would say, you know, I'm, I've done this too long. I've, I'm over it. But he, he keeps me in this profession and keeps me covering this team because he has created so many great moments and just being able to talk to him on a daily basis makes my job so much easier. He has such great insight. He cares so much. And the, uh, human element that he brings to a basketball team is off the charts. That's why he's so fun to cover. He, I mean, he's just, <laughs> yes, he creates so much material and that's what has made it so enjoyable for me. These last few years really kept my, my career alive. So, so Damien is, I hold him very in very, very high regard as, as a player and as a person. Do you see a title in the next decade? Oh man, who knows, David? That, <laughs> there's so many factors, you know, uh, as we've yeah. seen this year, you know, injuries can just throw things in, into a tailspin, what other teams are doing. And then it, it just requires so much luck uh, beyond all that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Man, that was excellent. I'm telling you, Jason Quick, I, I don't know what, what the athletic pays you, but it's not enough. <laughs> it is not enough. Dave, I need uh, you as my agent. Hey, listen, I, I'm available. I'm available. Uh, you know, only 20%. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone who, uh, you know, celebrates the holiday. Uh, Thanksgiving. I really enjoy Thanksgiving because um, it's really the food is delicious and uh, it's an excuse to hang out with your family and, you know, not do other stuff. I, I, I don't feel like I get enough of that. And I lived overseas for like five years, so uh, I missed a lot of Thanksgivings. And it's nice now to be back and be able to uh, spend some time with with people that you know we didn't get to see a lot while we were while we were gone. So I want to make sure everybody has a safe, happy, and fat Thanksgiving, uh, especially <laughs> Jason and and Sasha, the producer of this show. Wait, um, did you just call me fat? No. <laughs> I hope you eat a lot. I hope Rocky gets to eat a lot. Oh, Rocky will eat. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's never missed a meal. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Jason, thank you for sharing uh, your stories of covering the Blazers for the last decade. Uh, this was a lot of fun for me. I, I really enjoyed getting to hear those. And uh, we'll be back after the holiday with more from the Rose Garden. Things play hard. God bless and good night.